You podcast, where we bring the best of change management to you. On this episode, we've invited Dr. Jennifer Fram of Conversations of Change to share her journey into the field of change management and provide you with insights on how she first got started in the business. I'm sure you'll enjoy her engaging interview with Change Management Reviews, Teresa Moulton. Greetings. Thanks for joining us on the Change Management Review podcast. We're here with Jennifer Fram, who's the founder of Conversations of Change and a very experienced change management practitioner. Uh, she's here to share her experiences in the field, uh, a lot about her background and some advice for newcomers into the field. And I'm sure knowing Jennifer, she will ad-lib along the way and make this a very interesting uh, podcast to listen to. So Jennifer, welcome and thank you very much for taking the time to speak with me. Oh, look, it's my pleasure, Teresa. Thank you for having me on your podcast. I'm very excited about it. Um, she has a great voice, doesn't she? <laughs> you you got to get that in there. I'm going to get performance anxiety now, so, uh, you know. <laughs> Well, that's great. Well, just to start out, um, I I love your story in terms of um, how you became interested in change management. And I'm wondering if you could share a little bit about that with us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I guess I, from, from the point that I started working, um, I was involved in roles that were undergoing change. So industries that were changing, um, you know, just organizational redesign, all those kind of things that were happening in the early 90s. Um, and it was really, I, I found it quite fortuitous that at the point when I started to do my undergraduate degree, which was in management and communication. So that was, I was a, I was one of those really pesky, annoying, mature age students. I didn't go to uni straight out of school. Um, as I was <laughs> doing that, you know, the one that sits up the back and really annoys the professor. Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, at the time I was the product manager uh, who for a veterinary pharmaceutical product and I was launching a brand new product onto the Australian market um, at the same time as that company announced it was going through a global merger. And the general manager came out to me and he said, well, you know how to market stuff to people. You can market this change to our people. And uh, I was like, oh, I, I don't quite know that bringing in a global merger and acquisition is the same as marketing a product. Um, but, you know, at the same time I was doing a subject on change management at university. Um, and so it was just incredibly fortuitous. I got to be able to apply all of the theories and frameworks that we were learning and real-time application and understand what worked and what didn't work. And, um, and it really ignited a passion in me for this space. You know, um, I loved the challenges of it. I loved the opportunities to make a difference. Um, and for the first time I started to feel like I was finding my purpose, um, mm. you know, and that that's such a, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't hit you straight away, but when it, it, it starts, you get that inkling. It's that exciting feeling. It's like, actually I've, I've got to follow this. So when the, uh, the, the piece of work finished in terms of the merger and acquisition um, and 
the we'd launched the product um i then went back to uni full-time to finish the degree um my patience probably wasn't going to extend to a, a full part-time degree and i got the opportunity to do my honors year which in australia is a fourth year um of study that's optional um and i did that looking at the communication processes in startups and innovation um because I was really interested in the notion of, I'd, I'd read in the books that, you know, to, to manage continuous change, you've got to communicate, communicate, communicate. And I was like, I actually don't think that's right. My experience was constantly communicating the change just exhausts people. And so yeah. perhaps there was a little bit of nuance that we needed to explore. And so after the honours, I did my PhD in, uh, in that exact issue and looked at how people's receptivity to change is impacted by the different communication models during change. Um, and that was a wonderful experience because it was a very pragmatic, grounded and industry-based cases piece of work. Um, and out of that, I worked as an academic uh, for a few years and built up a client base uh, so that I could go out alone and you know work with companies to help them bring about change. So that's where I am now. From marketing uh, flea and tick control to to leading a purpose-driven life of helping people manage change in organizations. That's fantastic. And it's an awesome segue to one of my next questions, which is where do you get your change management passion? Because you have such a strong sense of you know, self and purpose and, and communication um, about the topic. Yeah. That is a see now it's your turn to ask really good questions. Um, <laughs> look, I I think when you find something, regardless of whether it's change management or it's teaching uh, or it's medicine, you find something that really fits with your values and your purpose. You automatically move into flow and you know the concept of flow where everything is just easy and it's not work. Um, when you're in that state. You, I think it's just incredibly easy to be curious about what goes on around you. And, and so for me, um, I'm really curious about the organisations I work in. I'm really curious about the people's experience. Um, I'm really curious around the future of our profession and, you know, where it's leading. I'm curious about, you know, and, and maybe it's a self-survival thing, but this notion of future-proofing, so making sure mm. that I am continuously relevant and aligned with purpose. Um, so I think, you know, the, the passion is born of, of when you're in flow, everything's easy. Um, and I think that it's, if, if you won't, if you won't, you, you actually don't have to find passion. Passion comes to you, I think is, is where I'm, I'm heading with this. So mm -hmm. you know, the question, where do you find your passion? Um, or how do you get your passion? It's like, well, I don't. It's just there because I'm mm. in the right place. Um, and, and that becomes the energy that drives you. That's great. And uh, I think you also make it sound easier than it is for a lot of people. <laughs> um, and so it strikes me that you, through your curiosity and your path of self-discovery um, professionally, that you may have ended up you know, at the intersection of purpose and passion. And 
um, that's a real gift. And it's so nice to have you here sharing that with us. Uh, Teresa, I don't take it for granted ever. I, I'm acutely aware that it is rare um, and that I am incredibly fortunate to be at that space. So you're spot on. Yep. Yep. I agree. Fantastic. So where do you see the field heading over the next couple of years? What's next for change management professions, professionals and the profession itself? I actually think that the field um, is, there's this really, really interesting tension at the moment between standardization and centralization and homogenization. How many Asians can I use in one sentence? Um, <laughs> You know, where we're seeking to norm everything around change management with your accreditations and your standards and bodies of knowledge and all that kind of thing. And it's a tension between that space and this incredibly, you know, complex adaptive system view of the world, which is full of fragmentation. And so as much as we seek to standardise change management, it's like there's this equivalent pull towards all of the other things that we could be doing, which are so not going to be standardized. And so the challenge for the change practitioner is how do they navigate those polarities really um, that, you know, okay, so what, what is it that I need to keep ahead of from a standardized perspective? And because there are obvious benefits of standardization, particularly from a client perspective, it gives them great comfort and security. Um, but what do I need to know about in this fragmentation of the field that will enhance my toolkit, which will enhance my effectiveness in organisations and ultimately benefit the organisation that I work in? Um, because, you know, if, if we totally rely on the standards, um, in our organizations, there's, there's going to be losers in that space because, you know, the way I see sort of accreditation and all those kind of things, it's the beginning and the start of your professional development and learning and competency, not the end. Um, mm. So I think that the future is not clear at all and those who succeed as really good change practice, practitioners will have these capabilities in dancing in both spaces, you know, and that situational wisdom, knowing, knowing what to pick up and what to embrace and what to drop um, and cultivating a sense of experimentation with what's going to be put towards them. Yes, I agree. And I, I really feel strongly that uh, we are at risk of losing some of the tacit knowledge that the profession has built within uh, it's experienced practitioners and I'm concerned about how we actually transfer and translate some of that experience and application and situational awareness you're talking about um, to the folks that are coming into the field and um, I think I think what you, how you laid this out very clearly how how do we actually um, manage and deal with the tensions um, between the two forces that are out there in our work and still hold the client flag do the work that we need to do and help uh, navigate the path forward because it really isn't clear at all yeah, yeah. Um, it's a great point um, one of the things that I was wondering also is uh, where do you see change management professionals struggling uh, right now in their in their work or in their profession? You know, as you as you go from client to client and um, you work with different folks, where do you see people 
needing to stretch a little bit more? Yeah, you know, that's a really good question. Again, um, I, I think what I've seen the last couple of years is this notion of um, of presence and influence. Mm. Um, it's very easy and I, I think we need to sort of distinguish between the world of project change management and greater, you know, change management consulting where you're brought in at a higher level. Um, I think what I'm seeing in project change management are practitioners who are uncomfortable influencing at a senior level if that means saying no or pushing back or um, anything that in, that that potentially has a you know career limiting element to it and I get that I, I get that that's survival um, but I also think that with experience and maturity and again a bit of experimentation your senior stakeholders expect you to say no and to push back and to guide them and that can be really scary for change practitioners if they haven't done that before um, mm. so we have a role most most senior managers that I know will say I don't get change management I don't you know I know very little about it um, I'm looking to you for guidance and so when change practitioners move into a yes space just for the sake of getting sign-offs, um, that's a really slippery slope to really bad change practice. So I think that ability to influence with grace um, mm. and to show up with presence, um, and I think in, in Australia sometimes we use the term presence a little bit differently to I know how Daryl Connor has been establishing it in his writings. So... Mm -hmm. um, for us, I think presence is really about the uh, external facing um, aspect of yourself and it's, you know, it's, it's everything from your demeanour to your dress to your voice to your attitude, um, all of those things. That someone walks in the room, you go, well, yes, they have presence. Um, and I think one of the challenges for a lot of change practitioners is they need to amplify that presence. They're... They're coming in to fit in and actually you've got to stand out a little bit if you want to have influence. Interesting. And so true. Does it does it apply across regions though, or is that just an Australian centric? I believe it applies across uh, regions and I think every region has its own definition of you know, what it takes to stand out and what's culturally acceptable. Yeah. Um, but in the United States, uh, if someone is going to support, coach, consult, and lead um, change across an organization, they have to be able to stand out and comfortable doing it. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And I think it, it. I think it does come back to the fact that um, those of us who who have been in uncomfortable places uh, build some of that you know, scar tissue, but we also build some of that ability to be with it more ambiguity in a higher yeah. pressure scenario. Yeah. And, and that's the kind of presence that's really needed. I think um, one of the, th that comfort with ambiguity is comfort in being able to say that you don't know. I think a lot of early career change practitioners and, and, you know, even some of those that are more established believe that their success has been built on expertise 
you know, if I can't mm. know that I'm the expert, you'll hire me again. Um, whereas part of change management expertise is actually being comfortable saying, you know, I, I actually don't know the answer to this situation, but here's how I propose we'll work it out. Um, mm -hmm. so here's who I think we need to include in this conversation to nut through this. Um, and so that it, again, it taps into that vulnerability space, doesn't it? In terms of how comfortable are you saying to a senior stakeholder, look, I don't know the answer at the moment. Right. Mm. And them have them knowing that that's okay. Cause yeah. if you, they're using you as a gauge, if you don't know the answer, <laughs> they don't have to feel badly about knowing the answer either, you know? <laughs> And I think that's where it's at. And, um, and that's a big shift from, you know, deliverable based consulting to, you know, executive coaching and consulting and change leadership uh, that really is needed around all these project based deliverables in order to actually give the leadership the confidence that they need uh, to lead. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's an interesting shift. It is an interesting shift. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Um, so Jennifer, one of the things I'm curious about is um, your current work. Do you have any uh, focused work that you're pulling together um, that you'll be uh, sharing with the world in the near term? Or are you continuing to build your informational and highly valuable uh, blog? Yeah. Yeah. Look, I think, um, there's uh there's there are some interesting stuff happening at the moment so um whilst i'm i'm with a client at the moment and uh wrapping up a fairly large transformation piece that we've successfully delivered um along with that i am about a third of the way through a book that um oh. i'm writing at the moment which i'm smiling as i'm saying this because i know the more i say it publicly the more it has to be finished <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I danced a little on that question when I realized that I, I got to give you an out here. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. steps one, two, and three. Uh, yep, yeah, great at starting. Uh, perhaps need to build my strength in finishing. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so look, that's a, a book that was born of the recognition that um, it, it has a, a dual purpose. Um, one, it's for middle managers and and sponsors that are new to change projects, which really helps them navigate the change space. So it comes in from an agnostic perspective, so not favoring any particular process framework, but gives them the building blocks to understand how do they resource for change? How do they recruit for change? How do they manage change managers? How do they assess what quality looks like in a change project? What are the decisions they're going to be asked to make? what um, what should they be expecting from their change managers? And so in going, you know, that's the first third of the book. The second third is that the basics around what are your change projects built on and the concepts of change communication and change readiness and um, those type of foundation pieces of work for us. And then the last third of the book is what are the next practices? So thinking about what's on the horizon, these are the type of buzzwords and jargon you might be hearing in your organization, which of these do you want to play with and, you know, which do you want to think about from the perspective of could enhance your change project? So it's kind of like having, you know, a little change Jiminy Cricket on your shoulder um, guiding you through your change process. Um, so that's what it does for, 
for the middle managers and, and the sponsors, if you like. Um, for the change fraternity, um, I think, you know, what my intent here is really to help, again, early career change practitioners understand the world beyond their entry points and say, look, this is a really holistic view of what life in change looks like and, you know, how you can lift your game by thinking about these different aspects and, and what quality is in, in change management and change capability, where does that fit in and all those kind of things. So that's the, that's the gist of the book um, that needs to be finished. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, alongside that, I am launch, launching a podcast series, a Conversation of Change podcast series, so like yourself. Um, so I'm currently uh, have, I've got about 10 interviews in the bag at the moment and so that'll be loaded up very soon on iTunes and all the relevant spaces. Um, and I figure that's probably uh, keeping me busy while I keep my eye out for the next piece of work that uh, will entertain me as well. So, yeah, that's what's, that's what's going on in my world. Wow. That is a lot of stuff. And uh, I really wish I had a book like that when I started. <laughs> I really, that's, that's a meaty book. I yeah. thought after you gave the first third, I'm like, wow, what a great book. And then it went on and it went on. <laughs> I'm thinking, okay, I want yeah. one of these. So you have to finish it. <laughs> it might need a bit of editing. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, so my last question really is, uh, if you had one piece of advice to offer to new change management professionals, what would that advice be? Hmm. Uh... Oh, go change management review to read. Um, <laughs> that's, a very, that's a very pithy answer, isn't it? Um, no, look, I think it is cultivate a sense of curiosity in your world. Um, so curiosity in the people you're working with, the organisations, curiosity in yourself, curiosity to, you know, what's out there and what's coming up. Um we have to eat our own dog food um, as change managers. And, you know, that's, it's a horrible expression, but I, I think I see it so often that change managers are often really resistant to change. Um, yes. And if we want to keep evolving as a field, then we've got to recognize that and, you know, embrace it. And, and I think curiosity is your friend in that regard. Curiosity will, will keep you relevant in your practice. Wow, that's really good. I, I think <laughs> I think the saying is actually so important because it does make you stop and actually think yeah. about what that means. And yeah. uh, it is interesting. It, you know, uh, it takes courage to stay curious. Mm -hmm. It takes courage mm -hmm. to um, embark on the unknown uh, of even interacting with somebody new that you haven't worked with before. Yeah. So, um, again, they need, the, they need to go back to that book. <laughs> okay. I'm, 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 I'm cracking on. Okay. Well, thank you very much for your time, uh, today. And I look forward to experiencing all that you're bringing to the world with the conversations for change. Oh, look, absolute pleasure. Thanks so much, Teresa. We hope you've enjoyed today's podcast, listening to Teresa Moulton of Change Management Review, interviewing Jennifer Fram of Conversations of Change. 
Be sure to check out our website at changemanagementreview.com. We also invite you to follow us on Facebook and Twitter and join us on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening.